FBI Radio. And you're tuned into FBI 94.5. This is Mornings. And it is 10, which means it is time for Down to Earth with Kurt Iverson. Hello, Kurt. Eddie. How you going? I'm good. You've brought a special guest in I with have you today. I a special guest. I'm super excited about Down to Earth today. Um, so, you know, we do all our good urban environment stuff. And obviously, we've talked about public transport yes. on the program before. Yes. It's good for us. It is. Good for our neighbourhoods. Good for the planet, um, but what do we know about the people who are actually like driving the buses and trains? So, we've got Dave Babino in with us today, um, who, as you said before the song, is the secretary of the bus division of the Rail Tram and Bus Union, which is the union that represents rail tram and bus drivers. Um, and uh, before you know, walking into his cushy union bureaucrat gig. <laughs> <laughs> um, was driving buses in Sydney for several years. So thanks for coming along, Dave. Pleasure. Good morning. Um, so how long were you driving buses in Sydney? Um, six and a half years. I'll say only six and a half years. Only six and a half years. Does yeah. that make you a baby in bus driver terms? Is there a... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Once you hit 10, you you don't have to say only. That's oh, okay. That's how it works. Wow. So listen, I figured what? we could get into a yeah get into a chat today just about... Like, Can I ask you what your route was? Um, well, I drove out of Willoughby, so it was a variety, um, and that was kind of the fun. Mm. So we used to do a lot of stuff, epping to the city, a lot of city work, mm. but it varied, and you go to another depot and you're doing God knows what. Yeah. So I figured we could just sort of actually, first of all, figure out a bit about how you get into bus driving uh, and what kind of training you got to do to be able to do it, and then, yeah, then we can have a kind of day in the life for, uh, you know what I mean? Like just, uh, what's it like to be out there on the roads driving us all around? So first of all, like, yeah, what kind of training do people need to do before they're let loose on the streets? It's, yeah, that's that's a good term for it, actually. Um, <laughs> I went into it with a C-Class license, so I just had no previous experience with big vehicles or anything like that. Um, I had a week's training with, you know, where somebody basically gives you the in and, ins and outs of it, how to handle the vehicle, you know, how the vehicle works and, and, you know, just get used to it enough that you can drive yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a week, you get uh, your license upgrade tests. And then another week follows, which is fine tuning. Usually somebody from the depot that just does sort of that and they, you know, route familiarization, take you down here, take you down there and, and sort of get used to You start taking customers as well in the second week. And then after that, you are let loose. And, um, they should give you a diaper for the first month, but they don't. <laughs> That's um, what I was going to ask. Can you remember what those first few shifts were like when you actually had passengers and you... Oh, you know, yeah. It's, it's like, frightening as hell. Yeah. It's absolutely frightening as hell because you don't... There's not one model of bus. There's several models of bus and mm-hmm. each one does different things differently. And you just... You freak out about everything. Absolutely everything. And and when so whenever... I'll just say, look, anyone listening, whenever you see someone driving a bus and they don't have a uniform, take pity <laughs> because they're just... You see the look on their face, it should say it all. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, just maybe break that down for us. But, like, what are the, is it about, like, that, you know, the stress of it, the first few weeks especially, is it about, like, actually navigating? Is it about the traffic? Is it about dealing with passengers? Like, what's, it's, what are it's the kind of key everything. things? It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. It's, they actually, the, the, the old saying is that you're not a bus driver until you've had an accident. Because you just freak out about it, and you get to, you get to sort of a year, 
and then you relax a bit because you, you're comfortable with the vehicle, how it moves, and then usually that relaxation costs you <laughs> an accident, and then you suddenly regain a bit of respect for the bus and the size and the fact that it's 12 and a half metres long at a minimum. and. Yeah. You know, I did that in reverse with driving. I drove into a bus <laughs> <laughs> after getting too relaxed. Oh no! It's but you know what I mean. It's it's you know that old saying familiarity breeds contempt. Well, it may not be contempt, but it's probably a lack of focus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if you've gone through the training, mm. you're out there on the street doing it, um, like. Just maybe now start breaking down for us what our average day kind of looks like. So, like, Sydney traffic, we all know, is kind of hectic. Buses have timetables, but, like, presumably dependent on circumstances, you're either close to them or you're not. But so, yeah, you know, how long are you driving? How many breaks do you get? Like, how does it all work during an average day? It, it really varies. It depends on the work you're doing. The mm -hmm. maximum we can drive, um, by law, it's 5 hours 15, but state transit... Uh, maintains five hours because obviously if you go beyond that then if you go beyond 515 you're breaking the law but if you go beyond five hours then you're only breaking policy and you still get you know you shouldn't do it but at least then you're not actually Extra contravening the the legislation yeah. Yeah. yeah um you get six minutes during the peak hour for a break um but that can be split up between locations and you get eight minutes uh, standing time not all trips give you that it has to be like what do they call it? A, a cross cross regional strategic trunk trunk route. Ooh. Now trying to find that because it's nowhere. Um, but that that's what it has to be to qualify for standing time. And so you get your six or you get your eight minutes to turn around. Um, if it doesn't have that, then you don't get a break. You just flip the trip and off you go. So it's five hours five hour shifts max a day. No, per half. So you do two halves usually. Okay. Um, if you're doing a straight shift, then you get fifty minute meal break usually. That can be cut down to forty. Um, or you're doing a broken shift where the break is a minimum of, of two hours usually and uh, can be that the, the length of the entire spread of your day can be 12 hours and then out of that 12 hours you can work a maximum of, of you know five hours mm -hmm. here, five hours there and if they want you to work more then you have to take a, a crib break which is like a paid 30 minute break at the side of the road or wherever just to reset just to, to allow you to comply with the legislation. Yeah. But so there's heaps in that but just like <laughs> one thing that stands out to me but yeah so there are lots of folks who will be actually as you say their working day is effectively 12 hours but they're kind of stuck for a couple of hours in the middle of the day not being paid but stuck at a depot not quite enough time presumably yeah, for most people to yeah. get home or have a siesta or do any of that stuff there's we had at willoughby we had a, a fair we had at least a quarter of the guys come down from the central coast and well, what are you going to do there you know <laughs> you're yeah. stuck you're at the depot that's it yeah. um and the broken shifts are I mean, I did brokens for a while, and you, you basically you're driving two peak hours. That's what you're there to do. Yeah. So, in that respect, it's really entertaining. <laughs> entertaining. What entertaining. if? Oh, actually, should we go to a song? <laughs> Let's go to a song. Let's go to a song. How is it not being able to blare? What are the rules of playing music as a bus driver? Well, because there has I I have been privy to some bus drivers that like to crank it. We just actually had. We're in the middle of, of that changing. You're allowed to use a digital radio. Um, it's allowed to be sort of at your volume as long as nobody's, nobody complains. Obviously, if anyone says something, you know, you've got to turn it down. They've just actually turned around and tried to say that you can't use Bluetooth speakers uh, because it connects to your phone. Mm. So, and we've 
essentially clarified with with one of the companies at least that you can use that provided the phone is in your bag or out of the way that you don't touch the get your playlist sorted yeah look (laughs) i i had playlists sorted i would like my hip-hop playlist was really hard because you've got to vet it it can be no swearing no 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 you're looking at you know all the good stuff gone (laughs) who wants the clean version speaking of your playlist we've got a track right now that you've lined up dave (laughs) yes this is a great tune tell us about it um this was this is kramer doing a cover of the dead kennedy's song insight this is from the virus 100 cd and um it's definitely one of my favorites because it's just so different to the original so if you hear this go listen to the original after and you'll dig it fbi radio you're listening to FBI 94.5 this morning. We're in down to earth. We're in the thick of it. We're on a bus, on, on a, a ride. Bus. Yeah, <laughs> on a bus listening to Dead Kennedy's covers. That's awesome. Oh, thanks for that selection, Dave. Uh, we've got Dave in the studio with us, who is the secretary of the bus division of the Rail, Tram and Bus Union. And we're talking about breaks. We just had a break there in between yeah. the chat. And so, like, one thing that you mentioned, actually, when we're talking about, you know, day in the life and what it's like to be doing the shifts, um, that in an ideal world, what should happen is if a bus presumably runs according to the timetable, then you get some standing time between you finish one route before you get to start another. But, like, presumably trying to run on time sometimes in peak hour when there's traffic and craziness going on, it doesn't happen. So what happens to those standing times? Are there kind of pressures for you to cut it down so you can try and get back on schedule or yeah, how does it work when things start to run behind from a driver's perspective? Definitely. Yeah. The, um, the, it all looks good on paper. Yeah. You know, all the schedules, all the timetables look really good on paper. Um, the standing time is drivers are expected to do without that. Um, and when you're doing like say a Chatswood to Kingsford run, which is an hour and 20, hour and a half and you know, the toilet, you've actually got to walk several blocks to use the toilet at the pub because that's the only one that's there. Awesome. You come back, you, they give you a 10-minute or 8-minute break. Um, you know, there are drivers that get there, you run in a bit late, and they're like, well, I don't really have time to go to the toilet. So they sort of just, you know, they're, they're, most, most of the drivers are invested in providing a public service, yeah. and, and they pressure themselves. And I think the companies generally take advantage of that. Yeah. Speaking of the companies that are mm. taking advantage of that... <laughs> Some of these companies are private. Yes. Well, we had um, the privatisation of Newcastle, um, the two depots up there, Hamilton and Belmont, and then we've had the Inner West Region 6 contract area privatised last year, um, which was very, very messy and ultimately unjustified because they were the, the reason they, used, they gave for that to happen was essentially complaints. Now, you're talking about the Inner West and they were comparing it to Penrith. Now, I dare say that the inner west of Sydney, you're talking, you know, Tempe, Kingsgrove, Leichhardt, Burwood depots, probably a little bit different in terms of operating conditions to the inner west, to, to Penrith. Um, just in trips they do per day, it's ridiculous. Um, and in actual fact, other regions per capita had higher complaint rates anyway. So it's, you know, it's all a load of... Yeah. And, like, tell us about what difference that's made now to... You know, to drivers, that privatisation, like, is it... Um, it's it, worse. It's yeah. much worse. Um, at the end of the day, you've got... There's not just one company operating there. You've got the the company that won the contract has set up their structure in such a way that there's three companies there. One employs all the people that were there before. Another employs all the new people. And the one that employs all the new people has an existing agreement for, you know, to a large degree, lesser conditions. So they work longer hours, they get less penalties. 
Um, and what's happening is that for the guys that are already there, they're actually taking away their rostered work and putting it into mm. the other pool who can do, who are more flexible. They do the 515, for example, whereas our guys by our award are limited to the five hours. Oh, so the wow. companies, so they're cheaper to operate, they're this. So effectively our guys are getting rostered out of a job and that's just one of the byproducts of, you know, the company would have said, we can do it for this and this and this and this cheaply to the yeah. government and the tender and the government would have gone spot on, I love those, those numbers, but it translates to pain on the ground, unfortunately, nobody seems to care. Yeah. And so listen, like one of the things I'm really interested in is how we can actually build a bit of solidarity between passengers and drivers. Because <laughs> like, um, I think part of the thing that happened during that privatisation kerfuffle was this attempt almost by the government to kind of try and do a bit of divide and conquer, like blame mm. working conditions, blame drivers um, for, you know, problems that are experienced um, with public transport and to almost sort of divide it up. But so in terms of building that solidarity, like, before we even get into the bigger politics of it, like just on a, again, day-to-day -day level, like what makes a good passenger if you're a driver? Do you know what I mean? Like what are the relationships like that you have with people who are sitting there as passengers and who's what's good and what's bad about what people do to drivers that you've experienced? I could, I, look, the stuff that I would never comment on as a driver that you just yeah. notice, it's people holding on as they go down, you know, because we're told basically you have to, you can't, you can't take off until somebody's seated. So if somebody's holding on and they're able-bodied, you know, generally speaking, I can see they've got in hand, as long as they're not going up the stairs, I'd start to ease away slowly. You know, enough enough movement that they're not going to obviously go anywhere, but mm. they get the cue, okay, the bus is moving. They, I know they've got it in hand. They've taken a bit of responsibility. If they're elderly or they're young, obviously you sit there and do the right thing. Yeah. Um, people that press the button a bit early. Um, <laughs> people that, you know what, people that just acknowledge that you're not grafted to the bus as part of the machinery. You know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want pats on the back or, or massive handshakes or hugs or anything. But it's, you know, to a large degree, it's it's a thankless job. Mm. You know, everyone will call to complain, but very few people call to actually commend somebody. Yeah. So it's one of those things where the small things count. It, it really does. I mean, yeah. people get off and say, "Thanks, mate." Be like, "Yeah, no worries. Cool. Yeah. Yep." I'm glad that goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> totally, totally. It's it's if you do it. Did right did. On. Were you working while um, the brown cardigan meme was running of the thanks mate? Um, <laughs> the thanks driver. I can't driver. remember. That was close. <laughs> that was close to to the election, so I can't remember. Um, what did I your thought, colleagues think? Well, those of us that 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 are into memes and that, we I thought it was cool. I didn't mind it. Um, obviously, didn't mind it at all. It was interesting because I don't you even got know what see... you two are talking about now. What? What brown cardigan it was, meme? Sorry, look, go well, on. Okay, well, I, I won't address you, Kurt, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, old. Go ahead. Talk to Eddie. It was, it was cool because the interesting thing was you can always tell when someone just does it. Uh, you know, it's something you always do. You can tell when it's part of someone's routine and you can tell when they're going out of their way. So it was interesting because I was sitting there going, okay, you're one of those, right? You're the new, you're one of the noobs. You're a noob, you're a noob. Okay, you're, you, this is just how you are. Sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting to see. It was, but it was also um, an interesting upswell of appreciation of a public service. I do feel like there was good intent behind it. Absolutely. And the thing is, and, and look, there's always going to be people doing a job that are just doing a job and there's no investment in it, you know, personally. And they do it and they go home and, they, you know. But the other thing people need to remember is that we are taught by our environments and our environments are stressful as hell as a rule. So for somebody, you know, if occasionally you've got somebody going saying, day," and the driver will just sort of nod but won't say anything, you've got to remember 
you may be the first person that said hello to that person that day or that week. And he's had, for every one good person, he or she has had God knows how many, you know, people that won't even, you know, you get on your tap, I don't want your life story, but just yeah. eye contact. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I want to I ask you about <laughs> yeah. that as well. With Opal, I feel like there's, I'm, I'm guessing one of the pros for why they brought it in was to fasten up that time, but it's decreased interactions between drivers and passengers. It has massively, massively. Um, one of the, and, and this is one of the things we've looked at because obviously they're, you know, all the, all the technologies that are being trialled around the place are ultimately going to be folded together and we're looking at, you know, the possibility of autonomous vehicles down the track. Um, bus drivers do a lot more than just handle the vehicle. Mm. You know, I mean, we had a, a driver earlier this year stopped a sexual assault in the back seat of his bus. You know, there's, there's, the, the, the serious stuff that goes on yeah. goes on continually and it's away from the public eye. But there is a hell of a lot that drivers do that there's no way you could have a, a vehicle do that. And unfortunately, as you say, that's exactly what's happened. You know, I mean, a lot of people just tap on, tap on, tap on, and that kind of creates a disconnect. So that when one person gets on and say, you know, hey, how you doing? You're kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so listen, other like as well as like how we can actually interact with people who are driving buses um, on a day-to-day basis, um, I guess if people are kind of, you know, concerned about more privatisation or wanting to kind of, you know, even get a bit more involved in supporting public transport and the, the workers who actually provide it, tell us a bit about, like, there's the kind of our transport campaign that's sort of there and, like, what other ways can people show their support? Well, there's, yeah, there's the ourtransport.org uh, site. Um, there's, we're obviously, you know, the, the, the Liberal government's been re-elected re- um, for mm-hmm. the state, and we are expecting further announcements. You know, that's that's part of our plan. You know, is the expectation that another region will go, um, which will be up to another three depots, and and part of that will be relaunching. You know, throwing the kitchen sink at it basically. Um, yeah. So there'll be Facebook. There'll be you know me, unfortunately, doing press conferences and stuff like that. <laughs> so do these companies own the buses now of those private depots? It's okay. So this is where the government's been clever and disingenuous. They don't. So what happens is they call it franchising. Mm. We call it privatisation because effectively what you're doing is a private entity is coming in, taking over, operating all the existing stuff. So they drive the buses that the government guys were driving, use the same everything. Everything's the same. The government mm. technically retains ownership of it, but the company is allowed to carve out a profit, whereas yeah. that money would have, you know conceivably it, gone back into the network it's it's similar to other things like housing where they just want to it's like a contract handed over to not then deal with the admin of having to run yeah the service 100 percent. it look it creates political distance for the government the government yeah. nobody no company no no press will ever sit there and say government bus burns on the harbour bridge because they're not government buses anymore, but at the same time, it allows the Premier to sit there at the last election of the debate and say, the taxpayers have never owned so much infrastructure. Now, yeah, that's true, but they've also never paid so much to use what they own. So <laughs> we just won't mention that, you know. Yeah, Yeah. why does it cost $4.20 to go from Redfern to Newtown? And it costs about $5 to go down to um, down the coast. It's, uh, it's done by <laughs> kilometre. Uh, sorry, okay. it's, it's like a, it's a radius thing. So, in actual fact, some trips, like if, you know, you imagine a, the central point. You've got you know radius points of, of distance. Say you've got three of them, ten, fifteen, twenty k's. You can dip in and out of the point. So, you know, a trip 
dipping out of one point will cost you a little more, but you can actually come back in, spend mm. longer on the bus and and pay less. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so there's no easy answer. For that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, talk to transport. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, I feel like I want to keep talking for another hour and a half, but um, we're probably just a bit out of time. I'll, I'll talk if you play more Dick Kennedy. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not on his bus with this terrible Dead Kennedys covers playing in the background. On, is, that, oh. is that harsh? I had Led Zeppelin on Thursday. People loved it, okay. all right? Did you, did you ever, were you a uh, Christmas bus, bus Jouja? Uh, Christmas actually, time bus? Yeah, when I started, about two years after I started, we had um, the person that normally did it left. And so I got my daughter who's she's 13 now but she was you know, younger at the time and we did the Christmas bus for about three years in a row oh yeah in, best in, time of the year and, oh. and I got it sorted too in the end because it was like you know we had stencils for everything and it was just <laughs> yes. it was every year I just tighten it up a bit better and by the end it was like a single day operation come in on the Saturday <laughs> blitz it walk away it was sorted yeah, professionals oh do you ever get do you ever want to jump behind the wheel I, you know what I do miss driving I do it's there's a precision to it, you know. You do something. I drive a bus more than I do, more than I did anything else. I'd, I'd try and reverse, you know. I could reverse park a bus on a bloody dime, but yeah. doing the car, I'd sit there and freak out about it. Um, it's, you know, you get to the point in the comfort with the vehicle that you just look at a spot and you know instinctively, yeah, I'll make that. I just, <laughs> I'll, I'll shave that side by like two <laughs> centimeters and vorm you through because you know the vehicle, you, you're mm. in it so much. It's familiarity. Yeah, it just becomes like an extension of you in a way, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Wow, it's good fun, man. It's great fun. Yeah, <laughs> be a bus driver. Anyone listening? Yeah, <laughs> you should totally do that, and you should also join the union. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> it's it's. I should say as well as the tram and bus division. Tram and bus division. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even get into the tram. No, no, that's cool. We, we were here for the buses, but yeah. I, I would be remiss of me if I didn't turn around and say it's in actual fact the tram and bus oh. division of the RTB. Yeah. Well, we might even have you back to talk about tram and light rail at some other stage. Um, but uh, I'm up the street. Too easy. Exactly. All right. But so meanwhile, that's it. Drive a bus, join your union. And if you're riding on a bus, be cool. Be cool. 100%. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for coming in today. Pleasure. It's good fun. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.